Wow. <laughs> that's that, that's that is me. really great. Mm -hmm. Did you see the guy that plays hockey? I did. You know, I used to play that in school. Only we didn't. I, I wasn't from Canada. Where I lived, they called it hooky. <laughs> it was really good. You played hooky? Oh, yeah, we did. And those radios, you know, I invented a radio when I was very young. And I got in trouble for it. So you got to be careful when you invent things. I invented a walkie-talkie, and, um, and I got in trouble. Tell us about it. My parents. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this, actually. My mother found the pork and beans that I had to empty <laughs> to get the can. Hello? That's just a story. I made that up. I didn't get in trouble. <laughs> but you did do it. No, I didn't do it. But, but I'm confused. I, mean, I did it, but I didn't invent it. You know what? <laughs> what? That's a nice spaceship. That's a pretty good spaceship. That's really, and, and like on that note, I just want to catch everybody up. You know, there's a small group of us, me and some of you, that have been studying the origins of Peugeot. <laughs> That's true. And in that regard, this intro today has really given me some insight. That you know what gave that you insight? Was? No. That was a spaceship. Uh-huh. And that's very significant because I've been observing, and, and just the other day, I observed Dr. Peget with a spaceship. You saw that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, <laughs> you did see it. I brought it in. I did have that. This, this is the spaceship that, that she had. This is a spaceship, right? Yeah. We, has lots of powers. No. <laughs> it's a vacuum. And space is a vacuum. It is. Right? Don't you think that means something? I like that more now. Hmm. You saw me with that? I really but did you know, have it. That actually did answer a lot of questions. So the origins, spaceship, got here. Hmm? Uh-huh. Hmm? Hmm? And I, I want... I like to learn and to logic and to get ideas and think by visioning. You know, my laboratory that I'm building inside my brain so I can run experiments without actually having chemicals, which I had to do the first several years of my life. <laughs> <coughs> Parents are hard to raise. Anyway, yeah, I've been visualizing the spaceship and Peugeot and how she got here, da 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 da. Oh, yeah? Sometimes, though, Visualization is not enough. Sometimes you have to actually have an object lesson. And that's what I've done. That's what you found. We're running out of the time. The drum roll. Oh, look at this. Look at this. What is this? Ah, oh, here it is. Can you see this? This is it. Where's the start button? There it comes. Starting. Can you see that? That's my, it's inverted. That's, mm -hmm. that's me. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh oh, I think that's we ran out of me. fuel. Yeah, this is that's nuclear. a secret. <laughs> I heard it. Okay, so look at that. Yeah, can you see that? It's a little I spaceship. I can see that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what it looks like. So if we put this right on here, do we have the overhead camera? We need the overhead camera really bad. Oh, <laughs> I can hear something. This I can is hear not something working. too. Mm -hmm. Well, because we don't want to give away all my secrets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so this maybe is turning out not to be how she got here. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Should I think positive thoughts now? <laughs> hmm. So I'm going to have to rethink my hypothesis. <laughs> I do have another piece of data. Oh, yeah? She was seen with this shipping label, spaceship, oh. get it? <laughs> Uh huh. I have one more piece of data. Okay. Do you know what was said? She explained to me that where she grew up, they have beautiful butterflies. I did say that. And I said, hmm, what color were they? And what color did you say? I said they're multicolored, pink and purple. Pink and purple butterflies? Mm hmm. <laughs> this is proof certain, isn't it? Should I open it? No, just look at it. <laughs> oh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> open it up. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. Should I open it this way? You could put it way you want. You know what? That's not a butterfly. It's not? No. Come on, show us. What do you mean so funny? Because it's definitely not a butterfly. Just grab its little body. Isn't that cute? That's a spider. Did you see the way she jumped? <laughs> That's because this little guy's vibrating. It is. It's making yeah. noise and it's vibrating. Yeah, but I wonder if anybody can see this little switch in here. Can you see that? It's a little teeny little tube. Yes, I can see and that. And inside the tube, there are two wires sticking out. Uh -huh. And then there is a drop of mercury. And so the mercury, if you can see it close enough, it rolls back and forth. And when the mercury, oh, I feel it by right. Yeah, I, I, I could feel it When the mercury too. gets down in the tip, it turns it on. And that's why he surprised her. <laughs> okay. Here it's vibrating, won't you? So, I have beautiful insects on my planet. Oh, goodness. It really is vibrating. You know, some insects cannot be heard. That's what That's Dr. a pretty John neat spider. Okay. None of that stuff. But we have to... <laughs> if you do, you'll clean it up. Will you please put your butterfly back to... It's my spider. Sleep? Okay, excellent. Hey, we, we need to talk about this thing that Tobias was saying. Which part? So he's talking about, you know, walkie-talkies, and not the kind that you put a string between two cans. Those do work, by the way, though. Why do you think those work? When you have a can over here, and a can over here, and they're connected by a string, you have to pull it tight. The string has to be tight. But when you do, you can actually hello. Dr. Page A, can you hear me? And it goes through the string. You can hear it on the other side. Why? Because of the vibrations. Tell me why. <laughs> what was that? The vibrations. <laughs> I got it right. You got it right? <laughs> Is that, so everyone I get right, I get a sound? <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. Let's keep going. Pay attention to that. We may not be hearing it much. 
But Tobias told us about half duplex and full duplex. So a radio station with a big tower sending a radio wave out to a bunch of little receivers is half duplex, meaning that you only transmit one direction from the center to the other end, right? Walkie-talkies, and cans by the way, can go both ways. You can transmit from this one to you and from you back to me. And that's a really important concept when you start talking about computer networking. Mm -hmm. Computer networking. Yeah. Back in the day, you don't know about back in the day. I might. You might? You're pretty old, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> back in the day, <clears throat> I decided that I wanted to invent, literally invent, a new way of networking. Networks were pretty slow and they were pretty unreliable. Ethernet had just come out, and Ethernet was a big long piece of coax wire. Coax is the kind of wire you use to hook up a radio to a big antenna, like a broadcast station. You have one piece of coax, and you hook a lot of people onto it, and one person could send a signal at a time, and it went to everybody on the network, like a transmitter, like a radio station going out to everybody. Well, that meant you send your signal, and someone hears that it's for them, and so they listen to it. When I was young, and we got our first telephone, yeah, that goes way back. We got our first telephone. We were on a party line. A party line is kind of like half duplex because the phone would ring and everybody in the house would go silent because you had to listen to the ring. Now, if it was ring, short, short, ring, so it would be ring, 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 that meant it was for our family. <laughs> and we'd answer it. But if it was any other ring, what that meant is, when we answer, put your hand over the phone so they can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Joneses are home. <laughs> yeah, that was half duplex. That's where you're kind of sharing it. Did you well, ever do that? That's. <laughs> I like the real story. This is alien harassment. <laughs> so. I wanted to build a better network, and I figured that I could do that, and I could send a signal over a twisted pair of copper at a much higher speed than other people could do it. I wanted to invent a very, very fast network. And networks then were one gigabit, I wish. <laughs> they were one megabit. And you say, well, what's the difference? Thousand to one. You know, it'd be like, you know, Here's a car that goes one mile per hour, and there's a car that goes 1,000 miles per hour. Which one do you want to go in? I'm going to the fast one. 1,000 miles per hour is faster than an airline. It's almost twice as fast as an airline. And one mile per hour is slower than we walk. Okay? So they were doing one megabit, which means one million bits of data per second, which to me was really slow. You want to move a big file? <laughs> My goal was to make it go one gigabit, one billion characters in a second instead of one million, a thousand times faster. So I started a company and I called it Wideband because I had an invention on how to do that and we built our system. It was a lot of work. 
Uh, back in those days, I had a wonderful team of people to help me, like I was pretty much all by myself. <laughs> and so I had to invent That's the true. board, I you had were. to solder it, I had to, anyway, it was fun. But I got it working, and I launched it at a computer show, and I called it Wideband Networking. Mm -hmm. And it not only worked, it worked really, really well. But one of the neat things about Wideband is in a, in a computer cable, a cap, Category 5 cable, the standard cable we use to plug in computers to the wall, there are four twisted pairs. And I'm talking about four pairs of wires. And we've talked about this before, how wires interfere with each other, so they twist each pair. And that keeps them from interfering as much with each other because the twists are different. And in a Category 5 cable, there is the blue pair, which means there's a blue wire, and the second wire is blue and white. And then there's the green pair. It has a green wire and one that's green and white, and the orange and the brown. So you have four pairs. And so what I did is I said, I'm going to send one pair in that direction while I'm sending the other pair in that direction. That's full duplex, because you can both send at the same time. And that is so much better. The computers work so much faster when you have those channels already established. And one of the reasons they're so much faster is because you can keep the channels engaged and loaded on the system. So it really cooks, and it was fast. Wideband set up a factory. We sold these wideband networking cable products all over the world, and we sold a ton of them. In fact, it was the place where a lot of the money we used to start a solace came from, was selling networking products. And yet, in, in the world in which we live, products that really take off are products that are built where all the manufacturers come together and they agree on a standard. With my wideband product, I could talk to anybody that had one of my wideband network adapters. If they had anybody else's, it wouldn't work. Of course, it was way, way faster, for one thing. But eventually, after almost 10 years from when I started, the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, IEEE, of which I'm a member, decided to create a standard for networking at gigabit data rates. And so they called a committee meeting. And every IEEE member that wanted to participate in the standard for networking supposed to come to that meeting. So I went. You went to that meeting, didn't you? I did. Oh, my story's busted. <laughs> no, but she, you did. That's I sure right, did. she did. So yeah. you can vouch for it. Vancouver. So we went there. Mm -hmm. And the meeting was in Vancouver. That's amazing. So we got to the meeting, and it was in this great big auditorium, and there was over a thousand people there. Too many. That's, that's not what I call a committee. That's a mob. <laughs> yeah. But they were all there to see if they could agree on a standard. Mm -hmm. And so I went in and I said, I've been shipping gigabit Ethernet, or networking products for years and years and years. I have them all over the world, and I'm offering my standard for us to, to use for everybody. Mm -hmm. You did. And my competitor said, no, yep. we want a new standard. Why? Because I had kind of an unfair advantage. And so they made a decision that the way they were going to, and they, they did this by vote, you know, a thousand people voting. 
the vote was this. We're going to go half duplex. When we send the data, we don't believe you can go at these speeds over one pair. I've been doing it for a long time. But that was, that was in, incidental. We don't believe you can. So what we're going to do is we're going to break the signal into four streams and send a fourth over each pair one direction. The whole wire. And then when we're through sending it, we'll stop, and then the receiving end will turn the wire around and send it back the other way. Half duplex, like a walkie-talkie, just one talks at a time. They said that. <laughs> and they voted that in. The first meeting. I could have fainted. <laughs> that would be so stupid because it's not just half as fast. It's like terrible because you have collisions. What happens if this guy over here and this guy over here both want to talk at the same time? They listen. There's no one on the wire, so they both transmit. The data goes, and it's lost. So they try again, and they try again, and they try again, and it's, it really wastes a lot of bandwidth. So it, it's, it bogs the whole network down. And I, I came home from that meeting very, very, very frustrated. And so then I got another idea. So we have to send the data over all four pairs. The committee's decided that. That's, that much of the standard is chosen. It's stupid, but it's chosen. What am I going to do? So then I got an idea. What if we send data both directions over the wire at exactly the same time? So this one transmits, this one transmits. Signals come down the wire. What happens when they get in the middle? Crash. They collide. They collide. Mm -hmm. But here's an interesting thing. In physics, when two signals collide on a wire, what happens is when they're in phase, the signal gets bigger. When they're out of phase, it cancels out. And I realized that even though these signals were colliding, the data was still there. It was just all garbled because the two signals were fighting each other. So I got this idea. If I make a special circuit down on my receiving end here that knows everything I'm sending, and it's listening to everything that comes in, and I subtract out from what's coming in what I'm sending electronically, I think I can read the data. That's brilliant. And so at the second meeting, <laughs> I got up and proposed that. And I was literally laughed off the stage. Mm -hmm. You'd never be able to do it. The signal coming in is a volt zero to one volt, whereas after it goes through the wire, the high frequency components are a thousandth of a volt. And you're transmitting out at a volt, you'd never be able to find the signal in all of that noise that you're making. And I said, yes, but what I'm transmitting, I know, so I can subtract it out, and I can do it. No, you can't, yes you can, a big argument, no decision made. I went home, and I did what any genuine scientist would do, I built a prototype. I built a board that would do exactly what I said. In fact, I built two, one for each end. And at the next conference, I took my board and I showed it. I also took two really interesting people with me on my team. One of them happened to be Larry Krell, the guy that invented good old-fashioned ethernet. He's the guy that 
made the slow stuff work. Did I say Larry Krell? Ron Crane. That's what I meant. Boy, you say it wrong, and she's right could you, on could you. Could you feel me? Man. I thought, I don't know. Like That's the first mistake I've ever... No, I just made the second mistake. <laughs> Ron Crane is the name. It Ron is. Crane. Ron, Crane. Ron Crane is the guy yeah. who made the very first Ethernet in the company that became 3Com. And mm -hmm. he, he's an MIT graduate, PhD, very, very, very smart guy. And so when I told him my idea, and I took my board to California and showed him and let him test. He said, this is really neat. Mm -hmm. And I said, so will you go to the committee meeting and tell everybody it's a good idea? He said, I sure will. And he did. And then I got another guy, Ed Grivna. Did I get that right? Yeah, that yeah. Right. Ed Grivna mm -hmm. was the chief engineer at a company called Cypress Semiconductor. And Ed Grivna is the one that taught me a lot about how to do this. He's, he's really brainy, too. He mm -hmm. designed a chip some of you heard of called the Hotlink. And he was the chief engineer on design. So anyway, we built it. We took the next meeting. And they said it didn't work. And I set up my demonstration. And most of them, ah, it's, you're probably faking it. Smoke and mirrors is what they called it. Yeah, smoke and mirrors. It, it couldn't work. <laughs> it just couldn't work. Yeah. And so, and now the committee had grown to almost 2,000 people. You know, that is not a committee. That's a giant mob. And so we got this big debate going. And as we had the meetings going forward and everybody's making their proposals, it finally came down to half of the people thought that this Billings idea was a pretty good idea. And he does have a demonstration. It does work. And the other half thought, he's crazy. It will never work. We've got to go half duplex. So it was a fight between full duplex and half duplex. And no one would back off. Everybody was sticking their guns. No one would budge an inch, and they couldn't get a standard because they couldn't get a consensus. So finally, one person said, why don't we pass both standards? And they did. They said, okay, well, we'll let him do his crazy thing because it'll never work. And I said, you want to bet? <laughs> and so they passed them both. And if you go look at 802.11ac, which was the IEEE committee, and see the standard they passed, which is now a standard we still use. It's the standard of gigabit ethernet. They have two versions, and the standard allows you to choose whichever one you want. The half duplex one, which means you transmit one way, and then you turn the wire around and transmit the other way, or you do what a lot of them called the Billings method, which really was full duplex. It's been a lot of years since that committee met, and a lot of people make networking equipment, but I do not know anybody that is manufacturing the half-duplex solution. So can you tell us what a de facto standard is? A de facto standard? How mm -hmm. would I know that? <laughs> we want to know. Okay. Can we take just a minute? Let me Google this. No. <laughs> Actually, I've got something better than Google. I have an expert here that knows. I'm going to turn some time over. <laughs> not nice. This is not what for, I was saying. For you to find out what de facto standard means. Okay. <laughs> this is new. This means that that's the standard that the industry adopts without it being the standard. And the Billings model is the de facto standard of gigabit Ethernet. <laughs> I get it right. You didn't know we were going to do that, did you? Okay, good. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's what they're using. We knew we had to be ready for something anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that, did you? No, I yeah. didn't know that. I'm not right. used to that. Yeah. Well, you did a fine job. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so gigabit Ethernet became a standard which is now used by everybody. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, you can plug in a device and it'll run gigabit or it'll run 100 megabit or 1 megabit all with the same device that auto detects and so forth. And now we're starting to send 10 gigabit over copper, which mm -hmm. is even neater. That's the, the later stuff. In our data centers, we're all running 10 gigabit. If you're watching um, Acellus, mm -hmm. like tonight, stop it. Or if you're doing classes, you're talking to our servers over 10 gigabit. And last week, we had a milestone at our data center. For the very first time in history, we have our first fiber connectivity, fiber cable coming into our data center, which is running 100 gigabit. Wow. Yeah. In fact, it is so new, I don't think we actually have it turned on for student data yet. But we're putting multiple 100 gigabit strands. That's really cooking. 100 billion bits of data a second. So does that mean they'll learn faster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. speed learning. <laughs> it's kind of like when we uh, changed it so that you can play a video lesson at a faster speed. Mm -hmm. You learn exactly the same information, but you learn it quicker. And it is fascinating, the, the data we're getting back is the students that are in something that they're struggling with a little bit, speeding it up makes it worse. But if it's something that they're learning quite well, speeding it up makes them learn better because mm -hmm. their minds don't wander. So, yeah, it really is kind of fun. So our data centers are now being upgraded because we're coming out with a thing, a thing called <laughs> Acellus Gold. That's a thing. Yeah, Acellus Gold, a thing. People here that are in development know all about it. <laughs> and we're working hard to see how quickly we can have this ready to release. But if you think Acellus was amazing. Well, actually, Acellus started out as Acellus. Mm -hmm. And then after about five years, we made a major version improvement. A new version came out, which is when Acellus really started catching on. We called it Acellus 5 because it was the year 2005. And then we've been making a lot of little improvements every year. But we are now getting very close to releasing, well, very close, to my developers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say we're getting closer, <laughs> closer to releasing Acellus Gold. And Acellus Gold mm. is really, really, really amazing. Next week, we have educators coming for the Acellus Conference. And we have educators coming from all over the United States to attend this, some superintendents and curriculum directors and so forth. And it's four times bigger than any conference we've ever had before. We had to get a whole new conference or auditorium mm -hmm. for it. And I've been invited to speak on Wednesday. <clears throat> you should have. And the thing I'm going to tell them about, just sneak preview, I'm going to tell them about Acellus Gold. And I'm going to show them some of why we call it a Cellus Gold. And all I've got to say is, 
I am really excited. I've been telling you little secrets about it now and then, but it's coming together and it's going to be amazing. And if you think you can learn good and you can learn fast and you can have fun doing it now, just wait. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Very exciting. What part's exciting? <laughs> the little things I've heard about. Well, she knows. She knows all about it. Don't let her <laughs> fool you. Okay. But one of the things that is in a cellus gold, <clears throat> and the reason we call it a cellus gold, mm -hmm. you know, we have Gold Key, which is my or our company that <laughs> does the networking. But uh, in the new cellus, there is an opportunity to excel and to be recognized for excelling. Like you get a real good score, or you make a lot of progress, or you know you do something really outstanding in the writing tutor, then you earn gold, gold credits. See, that would have really helped me. Yeah. It, <laughs> actually, it's really, really a, a great incentive. Mm -hmm. And now I want to take just a minute to speak only to those of you that run large corporations. So if the president of IBM or Ford Motor Company or any of you big company presidents are here, or Google, or, yeah, I don't know who listens. <laughs> but if any of you are listening, here's, here's the deal. You have an opportunity to network with Acela students. Mm -hmm. Because with Acela Gold, they're gonna be earning all these gold credits. And so now I'm coming to you, industry giants, to give you the opportunity to create stuff they can buy with their gold. And that's part of the fun. You know, mm -hmm. knowledge is power. The things you're learning in Acelis are going to make you valuable in the future. You're going to be able to earn money because of things you know. And not only money, but earn more money than you would have if you weren't so clever, right? And so to kind of get you used to that idea and highly motivated, I mean, some people try to cheat. Yeah. And when they cheat, who are they cheating? They're cheating themselves from getting the knowledge. Uh, we pushed out a new fix today in Acellus because there is a certain school that found a way that they can skip watching all the videos and get credit for them, and they thought they were really clever. And guess what? Those 22 students are going to be grumpy tomorrow when they find out <laughs> that every class they did that with. Some of you even finished the classes. <laughs> Yay. And I, I really want to apologize to them, but I am so concerned about their ability to learn and the knowledge they have mm -hmm. exactly. that I'm doing them a favor and I'm going to let them actually watch those wonderful lessons. So those of you who thought you finished those classes, cheating never pays. Really doesn't. So back we go. And by the way, that particular method of cheating, mm -hmm. it's gone. <laughs> Thank you for helping. Us As of that. today, there it goes. <laughs> and if any of you are listening, you're welcome. <laughs> because I just did you an enormous favor. Knowledge is precious. And the whole reason we're doing all of this is so that we can be empowered to really do things. To make spaceships or radios or to make our own moths. No. Wait, 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 wait. I got a little carried away, but it really is wonderful. And in Encellus Gold, one of the things that we're planning to do is to reward students for their achievement and effort. And I'm calling on these industry leaders to create things like 
you know, shirts, hats, things like that. Mm -hmm. And when you get these gold credits, you can go ahead and order, and you get the goods. That'll be kind of, kind of fun, won't it? There's a lot of really neat enhancements to learning on Acellus Gold, and uh, Jacob, JRB, our chief architect of Acellus Gold's here tonight, and I just like to say hats off. It's really <laughs> an exciting thing, and I can hardly wait to get it out. My dream is to have it out for school this fall, and I think parts of it, uh, if not all, will be. I would say parts at this point because it's really a big step. And the full breadth of a school will be coming out over the next 30 months, because it's really a comprehensive big deal. But there are a lot of things in Cellus Gold that are gonna make a difference. Did you know that we recently found out that if you, if you fidget, Can you, can you see that? Can we get a close-up on this fidget? <laughs> if you fidget, it quite often helps you learn better. So on our new Acellus learning pods, we're now putting a fidgeter. <laughs> yeah, it's a little thing you sit there and fidget with while you're studying. And if that helps students learn better, well, we're going to have it. And there are a lot of really, really neat things. I'm not going to kind of steal all the thunder of the really exciting things about Acellus Gold, but it, it's a major breakthrough. When we figured out how to send data both directions over a wire at the same time and have the data go right through each other and be read on the other end, it was, it was kind of like a breakthrough. By the way, for you guys that are electrical engineers, yeah, we used a ballon is the circuit that you call it. A ballon will cancel out the local signal and, and, and then the, the signal from the far end will come in. And you have to do a very good job of equalizing the signal mm -hmm. to make it work because of the data loss on a 100 meter cable. But it does work. And you go look, gigabit ethernet, I don't even think, I think you have to almost have a PhD to be able to know how to install half duplex gigabit ethernet. <laughs> Just nobody wants it. I'd like to go back to that meeting with the crystal ball. Here's what it's going to be like in a few years. <laughs> that was quite the meeting. Well, you know, um, there was a great lesson that I learned at the university that made me go for it. And it's a lesson that all of you inventioneers ought to, ought to think about. And it's what I call going for the gold. You know, the gold medal is the best one. That's the one to go for. When I was an engineering student at the university, we had every year an engineering week contest to see which engineering student would win the prize that year. And I was majoring in five degrees, chemistry and physics, but three engineering subjects, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, and chemical engineering. Why? Partly because I was crazy, <laughs> and partly because I thought that's what I needed to know how to build my hydrogen cars. So I was taking all three, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could win one of those three engineering prizes? So my freshman year, I won the double one, the electrical engineering contest for my university, and uh, next two years, I won the other two. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't ever get me a raise, but it was fun. But on the electrical engineering one, we were supposed to 
build a transmitter that would send a signal over a light beam, and whoever could send the signal the farthest won. Well, the real tricky part was they gave us a box of components, and that's all we could use. We had <clears throat> a battery, and we had a flashlight, and we had a sensor, and so we had these pieces and put them together, and you couldn't add a lens or anything. You had to just use what you had. Well, I built my transmitter, and at the university, at my university, I won first place in that contest because I was the only student that could make it work. <laughs> now, I'm not bragging about that, but, but then my university sent me to the state contest because this is a big deal. And so I was representing my university at the state competition. And the winners of the other universities all knew how to make theirs work. And in fact, we got there, and uh, one guy had one of these little wills, you know, that you walk and it measures off how many feet, and he would measure exactly from his light transmitter to the receiver. He'd count off so many feet exactly because he had done research to figure out what it was. All I had to do was make mine work. I didn't think about that, so <laughs> there I was. And I didn't know how far I could transmit. I'd never really done it. Another thing is, how far you transmit would depend on how bright the sun was. But it turned out it was a cloudy day. So that helped. That was a good thing. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I've never gone anywhere near that far. It would be embarrassing if I can't make it work. What do I do? And then I thought, go for the gold. So I just waited. And he measured out his thing. And then he set up his receiver. And you have to align them perfectly. So he's aligning his thing there. So I went out, and I went two steps past him and set up mine. And I thought, if mine works this far, that'll probably be five times farther than I've ever done it before. <laughs> but he seems to know what he's doing, and he's going to make his work. So the only way I'm going to win is go further. Go for the goal. So I set it up, and we transmitted. His worked, and mine worked. And he said, well, I can move mine back further. He said, sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> so I won the state contest. And there is a tremendous lesson in that. And it was the lesson that I applied at the IEEE conference when I authored the full duplex gig gigabit standard, I thought. It's going to be harder. It's going to be a lot harder to make it work full duplex. But it's going to make computers seem to run 10 times faster. It's worth it. And I'd rather go down in flames trying to make the best than to succeed at making something that's not better than anyone else. And I think that's a principle of inventionary. Certainly, when you get to the marketplace and you're trying to sell something, yeah. the one that sells is very often the one that's the best. Of course, sometimes second best wins because they have better salesmen. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn marketing, too. So what do you think about that, space woman? <laughs> I like it. We're going to get this one last chance for a few words of wisdom from the space woman. <laughs> I think going for the gold is what, we're, what we need to do. I think a sales goal is going to be fantastic. You like it, don't you? 
I do. I'm very excited about it. It's really, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is. And you know what? Once you've tried to sell us gold, you'll wonder why we didn't start out with that. <laughs> it's going to be so much funner. And you're going to find that you can learn better and faster. And that is what makes Acela so exciting, is it's a living, breathing learning system. Mm -hmm. And we want to accelerate learning and accelerate learning and accelerate learning. If students can realize how valuable it is not to get a high score or pass the exam, but to gain the knowledge, then they'll go after this a whole different way. And that's what I encourage you to do. Thank you. See you next time.